Hell yeah. I like being in America. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really do. I really do. I, I kind of got ill. I think I, I think I got sick from MAGFest. Or well, probably the aeroplane. But Right, on the aeroplane over, um, on my flight from Lond- uh, Manchester to London, there was a woman next to me, and she was just coughing the entire time. And I was like, God, f- damn it. Like, <laughs> like you know, it's not even like a fox diving. It's just like... Hacking. Why do sick people just want to... Just like she, she wasn't even putting a hand to her face or anything. Oh, just doing like the kid cough where she's just like making yeah. an O with her mouth. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's where yeah. you can like, as long as you don't mind her giving you the stink eye, that's where you could just go and talk to one of the flight staff and be like, "Hey, can I, can I go sit somewhere else?" No, it was a full plane. I would have got moved immediately if, but if it was possible. Oh, jeez. How long was your layover in New York? 14 hours. Good lord. Was it at least in the day? No, it was at night. Oh. Did you just, like, what did you do? Uh, I got I got scammed for $300 almost immediately after, after uh, <laughs> with a taxi driver. So that was fun. Um, wait, is that, wait, that's, okay, that's not a joke. You actually did? No, I know. I, I yeah, dude, he's been, like, PayPaling me money because his card. Yeah, so I had to like block my card almost straight away. So I've just been like sending money from my account to Holy two days and get dollars. I, I mean, I get the money back because my my bank's like got a fraud, a special like fraud aware thing where if you if you ever get frauded or scammed in any way, they always give you the money straight back. So it takes like thirty days or whatever. But never change, New York. Fingers. Yo, it's Apache Smash. Hey everyone, this is Days Ahead. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. Did you get to see anything fun in New York? Like, even a little? Did you see the bridge? The Hudson River. Two years ago. No, I mean, the, the only you thing... You got to I, see I, where Sully landed. Yeah, yeah, I love seeing the Hudson River, and people are like, oh, because of Metal Gear? No, because a guy landed a fucking plane on it, and no one died. <laughs> I fucking look Every time I see it, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> Dude, Metal Gear fans don't watch movies, and no one's going to know what you're talking about. <laughs> Bro, we're talking about real life! <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about in real life. For real, it really happened. And that's called a joke. Oh, oh I mean, sorry. I, mean, I thought you were going to say, like, they don't know what the Hudson River is. I was like... Uh, I don't know. I'm not with it, man. I'm still kind of yeah, kind of, kind of ill. So, <laughs> it's just been non-fucking stop. Like we went to Magfest, and then right out of Magfest, like we had to rearrange the computers and stuff for like land stuff, and then doing tech checks for AGDQ, and then DND, and now this recording, and then tomorrow night is the MGS three race on AGDQ, which is going to be taking place uh, in my office. That's pretty rad. But then Friday, I think we have some peaceful time. Don't we have a raid? I don't think I'm going to that <sighs> raid, man. I'm so tired. Just to give some context for everybody listening. So Apache flew to the U.S. and is currently staying uh, with Days. And you both went to MAGFest and now AGDQ uh, is going on and you're going to be participating in that. And um, And Fingers is basically right next door. So you three are in very close proximity and i'm like you know 10 hours west yeah 
We'll take a picture and Photoshop you, and it'll be fine. Yeah, 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 that works. Not even a picture of him, like the picture of the, you know, the the avatar that he uses. Yeah, <laughs> just need like a cardboard standy. Uh, me and Fingers were gonna meet today, but like I've I've been so ill, I didn't even get up until like three p.m. or something. So we're, we're definitely gonna do something soon, though. Make some beats. Yeah, I was thinking about it, man. That that is a lot, like a, a huge like jet lag, and then going to the convention, and like after that, you know, my ass would be laid up for a week, just like recovering. So <laughs> I, I get it, man. It's it's no sweat. Con flu. But yeah, we've still been like doing stuff like every single day as well. So yeah, like even after the like even the day we were supposed to leave for the con, like we uh, stayed a little bit at the con just because the parking situation was pretty decent. And then we went through D.C. for a bit. So, like, every day has just been a damn journey. And it will continue to be a journey until we need to catch up on WoW. Yeah, so I, I did see some of the uh, the run that you did at uh, MAGFAST. That was a, uh, and with days up there doing the, the commentating, that was really cool to see. Yeah, she was awesome. And, I, and, and like, uh, I, I was nervous. She was a, a bit nervous about doing it as well. And I'm like, listen, I just need someone with me. I don't want to be sat up there on my own. And and she obviously was like, yeah, of course. Um, it like so many people showed up to watch that run. Like Magfast is one of many things to do at that convention. Obviously, you you've been before, right? Fingers. I've DJed at Mag Labs and Magfest Game Over Richmond a few times, but no, I've never been to Magfest Super. That that was my first time there. So there is like infinite amounts of things and to do. So I'm I'm thinking like not many people are gonna take time out of their Saturday night and come and watch someone play play Metal Gear Solid 3, right? And you know, every time I've gone into the Magfast room, um there there were a few things that were like really popular. Like there was a Portal 2 speedrun and it had um Ellen McLean who played does the voice of uh, uh she was she was there doing like co-commentary. So obviously that was like crazy popular, right? And you know it's difficult to get people to come and watch you run at something like Magfest, Magfest because there's so much going on. But that room, so many people it came. Was a full I crowd. couldn't believe it. Yeah. And I, I think I don't think any of us has said it yet, so I'm just gonna make sure we we put it out there. Magfest is the music and gaming fest. Uh, it takes place in the National Harbor every year. I jokingly call it the Coachella of of gaming conventions because it's music based, and it seems like a lot of people are there for like to see and to be seen. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. There's like, like Apache said, there's so much cool shit to do, um, including mag fast, which is the speed running event. And we thought, you know, it's a Saturday night. People want to drink. People want to go out and see, see their friends for the last night. And yet we had sort of like a full house. Uh, we had some Kojima frequency fans in the crowd. We had pinky oats and we had Angelus in there. Um, we had them, we had folks sing to the snake eater, uh, yeah. <laughs> theme during the ladder. Oh man. I, I've never had that before. Like I've had, I've had maybe 1% of that people joining and singing it. And, and a lot of the runs I've done are, are online. I mean, honestly, like when I started regularly getting into marathons, it was like deep fox die territory. So like, you know, I've done a lot of online events and that was like, I'd say my, I've done ESA in person, but it was really early in the morning and no one was awake. And like, obviously there was a lot of Americans watching online, but for having like an actual audience watching me run, it was a totally different experience. One of the, one of the coolest experiences I've had in speedrunning, and my, my favorite run I have ever done. And then we, uh, also we, uh, after we got off stage, a gentleman with a shark, uh, came up to us, congratulated us. He was already pretty great in the crowd. And then he handed us some mini bottles. 
Yeah, give me some vodka. Definitely, definitely a magfest moment. Shout out to Shark Shark Guy, uh, Pink Tuber. We see you out there, man. Yeah, what a legend. Yeah, it, it did look like you were having a lot of fun up there. Like it was a, it was like a nice relaxed run. You know, like you're just you're just having a good time with it. My, I just cracked like a dumb joke, and like you know, everyone started laughing, and I was like, "Whoa, people are laughing at my jokes! I got a lot more of them." Yeah, <laughs> and and whenever like whenever like there was like you know, God forbid, a screw up, um, you know, the whole crowd was pretty like go with the flow with it like it wasn't about just like making records or anything like that it was about having a good time yeah i I messed up and i had to like exit and re-enter our room and i went oh just pretend i'm entering this room for the first time and someone went oh my god he's entering the room for the first time (laughs) (laughs) that's why you did uh the classic the end bit too so has has anyone not played metal gear before in case anyone's confused i'll just briefly explain it this next part's the end it's not the end of the run it's a boss called the end there's also a boss called the boss but that's not this boss that boss is at the end (laughs) just in case anyone was confused at what's going on (laughs) (laughs) yeah like if there was i knew that would get a laugh like that that that, that always gets like a, a reaction so so i was like i was getting excited to do it you know as that part was coming up i always do it in the same place and like the same room as I was getting to that room, all I could think about was like, I can't wait to crack this joke. And uh, I was gonna say, outside of the run, like we actually had a uh, we had a room with an atrium, which meant that you could kind of have a balcony to sort of the main convention center. And I have to say, I felt like a queen or a princess waking up to the Super Smash Brothers melee theme being played by like a full orchestra. Yeah, that was that was really dope. I had to go uh, on video over that. And then I, I also saw uh, Night of the Round, um, since I'm like super into Final Fantasy now, which we'll probably get into later. Oh yeah, they're great. Uh, they they came back for the first time after like years apparently, and they just like cleaned house. That was that was an incredible show. Just so much. I mean, we could talk about it the whole episode. It was just it was such an opportunity, a great opportunity. I'm so glad that. Apache enjoyed his first Magfest. At, at one point, I said in the crowd, I was like, this is his first Magfest. And everybody's like, yeah. <laughs> um, so it sounds like it was a good one. And hopefully we can we can make this a, a Kojima frequency uh, a tradition. That That's something that we got off people that we saw that know us from this. We're like, oh, you know, I wish Fingers was here. I wish Nitro was here. And I'm like, dog, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely wanted to be there, man. Sucks. Maybe next year. Try to play some music up there, maybe. I think I'll go next year. I, I do think I'll go next year. I'm going to try. Yeah. I'm really going to try, especially because it sounds like your runs are kind of turning into the Metal Gear equivalent of like audience participation at like a Rocky <laughs> Horror showing. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Or, like people throw like toast and water. People are going to be like reciting the end bit along yeah. with and stuff now. <laughs> Everybody knows to sing when the lighter comes. It's just it just comes all these traditions start forming up. <laughs> Unspoken. Yeah. They, we also had talked about a little bit with the Magfest folks about RE2 as well. So Yeah, it was a good time. There's your Resident Evil mention for the episode. Resident Evil 2. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta work in at least one. Gosh, if only there was a Metal Gear convention. Yeah, that is one that I uh, actually am booked for if, when the Kickstarter launches and everything works out. Um, 
am scheduled to DJ that event. So that's when I'll be at. Yeah, I'll be going too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually need to talk with her. She messaged me saying, oh, we need to chat about something. And I was like, yeah, I'm kind of like super busy for the next couple of weeks. But as soon as I get home, it's the first person I'll be calling. Yeah, she was talking about definitely having a Kojima frequency panel there. You know, if we can make it happen, but we'll see. Just uh, some quick context is that there's a fan currently uh, setting up uh, what's called MGS Con. And that's uh, July 15th in L.A. And that could be pretty cool. I hope so. It's something I'd love to see happen. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised there hasn't been something like that already. You know, I mean, I've always heard people talking about doing something like that, but I think it's just been, you know, a question of is this too niche is, you know, what would it involve? How do we get the people over? I mean, just just the amount, the amount of work. I mean, I, I run an yeah. event a few times a year and that requires, you know, there's there's like 15 of us who who all do stuff for it. It requires what, like two weeks of work tops, right, Apache? Like, oh, weeks, yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't. That was so funny. Someone thinking that Mikeyama takes two weeks to, to plan GDQ. <laughs> oh, when I, I spend two weeks worth of hours just stressing about about my event, which is like much, much smaller. But uh, uh, I run UKSG, uh, United Kingdom Speedrunner Gathering in the UK, so. Dude, it takes me like two weeks to get out of bed. Uh, shout out uh, Amanda Lemon. She's she's the uh, the head honcho behind everything with her, all of this, and she's uh, she's been working her ass off to just get it all lined up. And it's she's got some cool ideas lined up, and it, it's it should be an exciting event. Like I'm I'm pretty hyped for it. Yeah, I've had a I had a few folks while I was at Magfest message me like, "Are you going to MGS Con?" And I was like, "One step at a time, man. One step at a time." But yes, like, that's a lot of travel. Ugh, tell yeah. me about it. No, I think I, I I think I really realized how much like I, I love America. Um, while I was here, like American events, when I compare them to the stuff I've been to in Europe, people are just a lot more excited and 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 just and just up for a good time. And I I really appreciated how like just excitable everyone was. Yeah, we do not lack for enthusiasm at all, especially conventions. Jesus. Yeah. I, th- I think I will. I-, I think I will go next year as well. Yeah, I really want to try and, and get in next year as well. I actually used to host uh, Metal Gear panels at conventions, uh, you know, years and years ago. It's been a- it's been a really long time, but it'd be fun to do something like that again. Yeah, I, don't- I saw a few Metal Gear cosplayers. N- no panels. Um, a few cosplayers. A Gray Fox at the very end. Yeah. Um, and a big boss body pillow, which I unfortunately did not buy, but <laughs> no panels at all. Yeah, I don't know oh, if it's man. just because I'm old, but I didn't recognize a lot of the things that people were dressed as. Yeah, the vendor <laughs> shop, like I straight up told my friends, I was like, y'all, I couldn't find like it was really hard Christmas shopping. <laughs> So it's like Genshin Impact shit. You're just like, I don't know yeah. what any of this is. <laughs> or it's like that Family Guy clip where he's watching the Kids' Choice Awards, and it's all those names, and like, and it just ends with Peter Griffin. It's just like, I don't know any of these people. <laughs> God, it's kind of funny they had no MGS panels at all because we would have totally mean, cornered the market. Fuck me. There's probably some like person who had an MGS panel is like, fuck you, Kojima Frequency. You totally missed it. But. <laughs> I looked through the guidebook. I tried to search it. I didn't see anything. Hmm. Maybe that was like an indexing issue, but. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't want to say that there was no panels. I'm just going to say I didn't see any. And and if you had one, I'm sorry I missed it. Yeah, they're always like tucked away in like the weird hallways. Like it's normally like you got to like go to this like extra wing that no one's going to. And it's like oh yeah, it's down the hall <laughs> in that room. Yeah, it is kind of funny. Like it was. I felt bad for Apache, like trying to have to navigate the Gaylord. Oh man, it's a maze out there. Like that whole thing is like <laughs> you have to go down to go up and. Oh. I, I, I would say that like it's so expensive, right? It's so expensive to buy anything in the yeah. Gaylord, right? But we went and got fifteen dollar burgers, and we ran into Justin Silverman. So I, I, I don't know. It's kind of worth it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely like the worst thing about conventions, just like learning the hotel. It's like okay, because right. <laughs> everything always looks the same. You know, it's like all the decor is at least the same. So you're like, well, fuck, I don't know where I'm at. Yeah, no, it it really does does all look the same, and it's on multiple floors as well. Yeah, so yeah, I I about just had the hang of it as we were leaving. Yeah, that's normally when you get it down. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna take if you if you keep going, it's gonna take you a few years. Does it still take like an hour to get back to your room if you take the elevator? Not if you have our room. Yeah, we had like the third floor, so we just took Damn. the stairs the whole time. We we had one of one of if not the best room in in the hotel. Holy crap. Yeah, it was a it was a good place to unwind. So, speaking of runs, uh, you had some some news to share about speed running. Yeah, um, some, like big news. No, I can't say it's a secret. This will go out on Monday, but I I can't leak this here. I really can't. I can't. Something massive is happening in Metal Gear Solid Two soon. The end. Oh. Which is not the boss. It's like the end. End of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to clarify, I can't, I can't he's not say. even in that game. Yo, speak, sorry, you just reminded me, like, fucking David Hayter got robbed today. Oh, shit, yeah. That was insane. I wonder if the person knew that was David Hayter, too. I was like, about to say, do they know who they're fucking with? Right? Like, imagine reading in the paper later and, like, like who, who well, first of all, who the fuck reads the paper? And second of all, <laughs> like, that would be kind of scary to learn. And just like hearing, or like, like if they broke in and he was home, and you just hear him like freeze, like, <laughs> like oh shit, is that sounds <laughs> we fucked up. It's hard because, like, yeah, like I don't want to like make too much light because any no, sort of shitty. home yeah. invasion is is terrifying. But at the same time, like, holy fuck. Yeah, no, the the whole thing is definitely not to be taken lightly. I'm just glad that he wrote that he's safe on the. Yeah. yeah, that's a, yeah. I mean, he he said he's safe, and they've got a partial license plate tag. But yeah, if y'all see a Mercedes S Class in the San Fernando Valley with a partial plate reading UTAC, y'all can contact the LAPD. Damn, because fuck those people. They robbed David Hayter, and uh, we'll help find them. Dude, you need to write like more PSAs. That was slick as fuck. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I had the tweet pulled up right here. <laughs> you know that the blood is going to drain out of these dudes' faces when they find out they, they accidentally robbed a celebrity. Yeah. Because yeah. Cause now the heat's going to be on them, like, twice as much. Like, fuck, he, he wrote X-Men? Shit, I like that movie. Right? Yeah, like, maybe yeah. they'll just be like, dude, we robbed Solid Snake. Fuck, let's go give it back. I'm such a good thief because I used to play the stealth games. <laughs> like, <laughs> Right? Like, what are the odds? I learned everything I know from Metal Gear. Fuck. It's like, I learned it from you. What are the odds that these thieves are Metal Gear fans? <laughs> I hope they bring the shit back and just go, look, man, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Please don't snap my neck. <laughs> I ran 100 VR missions. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's such an awful thing to joke about. I got this technique from Sneaking 78. <laughs> He's never coming on the show. 
And I fucking, it sucks for Hater because, like, fucking Warrior Nun just got cancelled and then he gets fucking robbed. It's bullshit, man. I know, he's getting robbed by Netflix and then robbed by these guys. This sucks. Yeah. Fucking Spectrum shutting down Corncob TV. It's 2023. <laughs> is, it, is anyone else devastated there's going to be no season three of Warrior Nun? Or just me? That's still one that I've got in the backlog to, like, check out. So I was kind of waiting for it to all, like, I like for shows to be, like, completely out, kind of, and then, like, I binge it all really quick, but, so. I yeah, guess. I get it, I get it, because you never know when it's going to get cancelled. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I I want to watch it, but, man, I have such a huge backlog. Dude, dude, like, I just started watching Supernatural. Oh, enjoy, enjoy that ride. And I realize how behind the curve I am. Oh, my God, it's a blast. And I yeah. used to make fun of that show because the fandom was so annoying. Oh, and no. It's the you best show freaking ever it's like undertale you gotta look past that yeah i'm yeah. having a blast we're five seasons in and it's awesome my mom would whoop my ass if i talked bad about the winchester brothers so it was so funny because uh we were watching an episode where they sort of uh i mean i'm it's, just, it's really spoilers considering how old this show is no you're good um where they like wander in to a convention about them you know and there's like people cosplaying as them yes and, and like oh my god this show goes for the jugular when it comes to making fun of their fans it's hilarious it's like i wish metal gear did more of that <laughs> sometimes i feel like that's actually funny though like doing stuff like that is kind of like tongue-in-cheek it's kind of fun yeah, um, I, I think I think like when Sherlock made one of the fans, it was actually really disrespectful. Yeah, yeah, that was too much. But I thought that no, the, this is pretty good natured though. Yeah, that the the one that oh, I remember <laughs> the episode of Supernatural because it reminded me of the episode of Avatar when they're watching a theatrical reenactment of themselves. Same same sort of energy. Yeah, where they go to see the play. And yeah, it's about them. Yeah, yeah. It's like in the last season, I love the episode. Uh, it- it was just funny to see that episode because we were like, you know, there are there have got to be like actual supernatural conventions. And just out of curiosity, I look it up and the the big main supernatural convention is uh, once a year in December, a half hour south of me. I was going to say, is that is that still going? Because I know yep. it was like the super, super yep. who luck. All the actors show up. Uh, Right, right, uh, right next door, which is pretty funny. I know in our, um, me and Fingers of City, we have like, <laughs> like, it's literally a con dedicated pretty much to getting autographs. Oh, yeah. Got a few of those. Yeah. MacFest had an autograph panel, but. I, I, the thing is, I, I don't want anyone's autograph. I, I, I think this is a thing that's more popular in the US, but. I don't want someone's autograph. I'd, if it was like a, a you know a famous person, I'd rather get a picture with them than than an autograph. Yeah, that's normally what they do. They'll have like a a charge, you know, or a rate for like selfies, and then a rate for like autographs. And yeah, the selfie is this generation's autograph. That's uh oh my god, that's what Paris Holton said on an episode of The OC. <laughs> really? Yeah, I I fucking oh, no. yeah. She like she was I'm like gonna die now. A, Thank you. She took a picture. I th- I'm pretty sure it was Paris Holton. She took a picture and she was like. This is a selfie. It's going to be the new autograph. She wasn't wrong. I was like, that is the most poignant shit I've ever heard. I, wow, you've blown my mind, Paris. I only know her for her other work. <laughs> Incidentally, she was a monster in Supernatural, and she got her head cut off. Let's go. Good, good for her. Yeah. Let me see if I can find that clip. And it was an episode like where they like blatantly made fun of her like as a person. So, you know, 
I guess good on her for being a good sport. Yeah, I love a bit of self-awareness. She uh, also got axed in uh, that one horror movie, House of Wax. Huh. Yeah. This is a weird arc, Nitroid Supernatural fan arc. This is <laughs> yeah. weird, right? Yeah, I like how like this came around, like Paris I don't know what's happening. and Supernatural, and, and I don't it's like, like it. we're going, going right back to 2008. Like, I don't know. This is circling in on itself in a weird way, which I guess kind of fits for Metal Gear and stuff like that. But I actually love it because I, I get into things all the time super late. I always get into things years later. And yeah. Like this, this is what it feels like, Nigeria. Everyone's seen it already. I found a clip. I found the clip from the OC. Just, just, just FYI. Well, if anything, I'm I I regret not giving supernatural a chance sooner because uh that's a great show i enjoy it i don't i don't love it i don't think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread but uh, it's a good show you know it's hard to tell sometimes if if something i'm watching is actually good or if my standards are just so low now because of <laughs> everything modern yeah dude okay that's okay that's a great can i can i use that as a segue please go for it go for it that is a great segue because I have spent my winter break playing through Dragonflight and also like the seven remake, which I know we talked about like years ago. Mm-hmm. But like as someone who's also kind of old and jaded, I am having a fucking blast. Yes. I'm playing that on a 3080 Ti with a dual sense controller on my PC. Damn. And like that shit is like off the fucking charts. That game is on its own. It's on its it's high on its own life. And it's so unapologetic for what it wants to be. The soundtrack is so good. Yeah. The combat, the combat. I, I first treated it like a, an action game. Are we talking about Dragonflight or remake? Remake. Oh, I'm sorry. We're talking about remake. Okay. Uh, I mean, we'll talk. We can talk about Dragonflight too. Okay. But for remake, like as soon as I started treating the combat less like an action game and more like a classic ATB system. Like, right, right. That's when it clicked, and holy Ex- fuck! Yes, yes. I just they they've got something there, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I feel bad for calling it fraud, which and it's still there's in a way I'm still like ambivalent about you know the whole idea of like I've, I've been calling the villain this like the ghost people like the script like oh the script is coming atta- to attack again oh the script yeah. broke Jesse's leg but uh, plot ghosts yeah uh, but uh, I mean. Otherwise, like, I mean, I'm having a fucking blast. I, I was looking for Final Fantasy VII stuff all over the con. I couldn't find it because I'm old. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I just, that that's what I was doing in my winter break. And also playing Dragonflight with Apache, too, which I know that after, like, you know, we kind of get through all this shit, I think, you know, we're going to spend a big chunk of time just landing it out. God, do we even want to call it LAN anymore? It's technically not even LAN, but it feels yeah. like a LAN party. Pa- parallel play. Parallel play. <laughs> parallel play. How far are you in remake? Uh, ah, fuck. I just finished. Uh, I just finished killing Hell House. Actually, right before I, it was perfect too. Holy shit! That was a shit. great fight, wasn't it? Yeah. That whole atmosphere was perfect. It was perfect going through it right before Magfest. Because going through Wall Market and its degeneracy and its vibrance and stuff like that, hearing that soundtrack, and then going into Magfest, which has the same like vibrancy but also sort of degeneracy, while there's also Cloud and and Final Fantasy VII players cosplaying running around, it was just the perfect vibe. I need to. I wish I could see your reaction for 
for some later points of this game because you know you bring up music and I, I won't spoil anything, but this game uses music as a weapon sometimes. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Holy shit! Yeah. I uh... it's so clever about how it uses music, and there is a moment near the end of the game where it does something with the soundtrack that will blow your freaking mind. So okay, so one I have not. What I'm doing is. Like the soundtrack is on streaming services, but I'm only listening to what I have only heard in the game. I've only been spoiled with one song, but that's because Apache was looking for a remix to a, the original song. Um, and then we found the remake song and then Fingers made a, a remix, which was better anyway. So that's neither here nor there. <laughs> what what um, song was that? Some Vin people. What the fuck is this? Song Oppressed called? people. Oppressed people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about that. That's not a big deal. But like legitimately the songs can be spoilers somebody told me a cool one of my friends told me a cool fact one of my buddies uh k world eight he said that one thing he noticed was that the boss theme they they moved where you fight airbuster right mm -hmm. but airbuster is the first time you hear the final fantasy 7 boss theme in the original and they kind of hold that integrity they do yeah. So that you don't hear the boss theme until you actually get to Airbuster, even though he's late. It's later in the game. Right. Because when you fight the Scorpion, you get sort of an abridged version of it that never really gets into the meat of the song. But then you get to Airbuster and it's got like these four parts and it's just like each part of it just keeps ramping up and ramping up and ramping up. And it's like, my God, they just killed the shit out of this song. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's it's so good. It's... Yeah. Get ready for more of that. I've I've never been like I, I've I've said this on the show before. I've always been like a six person like six resonated with me the most. And while I really enjoyed seven, it wasn't like I wasn't like crazy about it. Like, you know, the rest of the world seems to be preach. Um, But like I'm playing through this game and it's like I get it. Like I get it. Like I, yeah. you know, I, uh, the part where like. Aerith and Cloud high five when Cornelio's Coliseum at the end. I'm just like, okay, like I see why everybody's like. I just was like, now kiss. Like, <laughs> I I usually don't like it when when modern games, especially remakes, sort of like shove in tons of gratuitous swearing. Um, but there's a moment, uh, when Cloud land like after Cloud lands in the church where Aerith is climbing the ladder and is being like, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. And then the ladder breaks and she's like, shit, and just grabs onto the ledge. I mean, yeah. they swore in the original, right? It was very like weird for its time as well. But, but I think it Barrett was. says shit in the original. Like, right well, they, start, right? they censor him, yeah. I remember Barrett, something about the motherfucking pizza or something, yeah. Yeah, well, they censor <laughs> it in like like comic ways, but like... Yeah. Not in Europe, baby, he says it. Nice. But yeah, uh, I mean, I was the same way. I'm like, six was my first Final Fantasy and, and eight was the one that really resonated with me. But like, you know, even if seven's not my favorite, you know, I, I get it, too. You know, Let's see what they do with it. Yeah. Like, like you said, he uses his music music as a weapon. It's it's unapologetic for what it is. And as an old cynic, it's it's I like my my favorite feeling in the world when I was a kid is having a winter break and just knocking out an RPG. Like I remember doing that for KOTOR. Um, I remember doing that for Final Fantasy VI when I was even younger. Um, fuck me. I like, I, I, I'm so out of it. I can't think of any other examples right now, but um, probably wow can count as it as well. Maybe 14, you know, after I moved into my new place, but like, 
Seven was able to give me that. Uh, being a kid on Christmas break, playing through a RPG again. So that was me and Mario RPG. Oh, yeah. I love that game so much. Yeah, I've never played it and I've heard it's exceptional off so many people. Oh, it's so good. It's one of the best Super Nintendo games. I mean, it's it's not a hard game, but it's full of so much character and and soul that you're not going to just play it. I can't. I cannot. Talking will not do it justice. Just play it. Yeah, that game's got hard for days. There's a reason why people are obsessed with getting a side character from that game into Smash. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Who does the music for Seven? Is it Soken? Uh, no, it's uh, Yoko Shimomura. No, it's... Uh... Oh, wait, no, no, no. Uh, Seven? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Uematsu, and then he had, for the remake, it was it was several other people with him. But I thought you were talking about Mario RPG, sorry. No, no, no. I, no. <laughs> I think... But that would be dope. <laughs> yeah, I need to look into it, because the soundtrack, the remake soundtrack, credits Oimatsu, but, like, it's, like... Sound yeah. team and Oimatsu, so I wasn't sure if it was like, oh, they took his original and kind of they did did their own thing. Yeah, because there's like there's like trap songs in that <laughs> that soundtrack. Yeah, like it's, it's definitely like a little bit out of the normal elements. Like he did do some original music for it, though. Yeah. Um, which funny enough, he he has I think one track in Mario RPG, but uh, Yoko Shimomura, who did uh, Final Fantasy 15 and, and just a swath of other games. Uh, she uh, was mainly responsible for Mario RPG. That's that game. That game has some stellar music. Like that was Square in its prime. That whole SNES to PS1 period. Oof, yeah. It's kind of weird. Like you know, like we're sitting here talking about you know enjoying the remake and how it's like the different you know how they like took the different route on it and like creating a new experience. Whereas uh, I was playing through Crisis Core uh, Reunion. And, like, I just wasn't having a great time. And it was pretty much like a one-for-one remake. You know, and I've already played the original back in the day, but I just found myself, like, kind of just bored. And I was like, it's not offering anything new except for, like, a slightly new coat of paint. Like, Yeah. <laughs> and and, and I, the voice acting is... Eesh, eesh. Oh, God, I've heard it, yeah. I should have just switched it to Japanese, but I didn't. But There's yeah. a mod now where you can, you can plug in the PSP original voice acting. Because, I mean, from what I understand... Um, you know, the, the, you know, reunion or, you know, isn't a complete, isn't completely a remake. Like it's still a PSP game under the hood. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were able to, to put in a lot of stuff like that. Like, I, I think that's why it was probably easy for them to, to shove in the voices, but I don't know too much about it. I liked crisis core. Um, that's, yeah. Like I remember enjoying it the first time around, but then this time I just kind of found myself like just, I don't know, Dude. just like dragging kind of, you know, and like I, I wasn't, I kind of committed to like not 100%ing it. Cause like the first time I did, yeah. I did all the side missions and just like cleared that shit out. Not, but. not to get into spoilers. I mean, I know it's an old game, but did they do any stuff to the story? I know Days is still playing seven remakes. So I don't want to say. Uh, I mean, I know any. like I, I've played the original <laughs> seven, so I'm not, yeah. It it didn't seem like it was anything different. I think I think the story was just exactly as it was in mm. Crisis Core. I think that's okay. that's what I'm saying. Like it's you know there here's like the two examples of like okay are we gonna do like a a remake or a remaster, you know, and just go a different a whole different way with it. It's interesting that you say that because the way you describe it is exactly how I felt going back to Kingdom Hearts a few years ago, where it was like, damn, I really enjoyed this. I hundred percent of this. I beat Zephyroth in this, and then I went back to it, and it was just. It was, yeah, like it was, it, it, it felt like, like a 
something that just kind of had a new coat of paint, but it's still, you could kind of still feel it rumbling on the road, right? Yeah. Um, but with that being said, um, I did put in a, I don't see Crisis Core on it, but I did put in a Lineage of Final Fantasy development team um, in the group chat. <laughs> and it's like, it shows sort of like from six. I saw that. ended up yeah. going where? And it's like, do you pick the left side or the right side? Uh, my favorite's on the left, but I know the right is the is the better path. I'm left all the way. Like I love seven eight, and and you know it took me a while, but but I have a a pretty strong appreciation for ten as well. I just um, love ten. Oh my god, ten is so good. But Kingdom Hearts is such a god. It's just a parade of stupid. <laughs> I've never I've never played it, but I've heard that if you're like Metal Gear, you're like Kingdom Hearts. No, no. <laughs> that's just, no, people use the one word convoluted and they that's the like the one big thing in common with Kingdom Hearts and Metal Gear. It's like, oh the storyline's so convoluted. It's like I don't know. Kingdom Hearts sounds way more dumb. Like <laughs> just like just like, oh, the, the shadows and the lights. <laughs> oh Lord. Oh my god. Oh, is it Someone... is it not like super intelligently written? I, that's what I thought people meant. <laughs> Like it's oh, fucking it, do you remember? Oh, I, it, it was just a combination of like kind of being a clusterfuck, but also it was this weird place where like they were like oh like okay first of all it's a clusterfuck let's 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 let bygones be bygones let's be real here but also um there was a like Kingdom Hearts was weird in that back in the day like sequels were like on the same platform like. You play Resident Evil 1 on the PlayStation, then you play Resident Evil 2 on the PlayStation as well, and then 3, and then yeah. 4 goes on the PlayStation, or I guess the GameCube. But the point was, was like 1, 2, and 3, that saga, you know, you had a consistent storyline through a platform. With that being said, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts did this thing where they decided, like, if you needed the full plot, you needed to play the the Gaiden games. Well, the handheld, yeah. Yeah, oh, the geez. handhelds. Yeah. And, like, I was too poor for a Game Boy Advance at the time, and so they fucking lost me. Like, I just... I play for the combat and the super bosses. That's it. I mean, yeah, they're fun. Um, I mean, I didn't I didn't really like the gameplay in 3, but that's that's a whole big conversation there. Apache, did you play Final Fantasy 13 by any chance? No. Is that the one with the hot girl on the cover? <laughs> it's the one with the hot girl with the note. The, you were looking for that collectible at MagFest. Oh, it's that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, it's a note... With the note written to his written to his girlfriend, oh that yeah, says, oh, I yeah. love you more than anything. Yeah. And then it's being sold secondhand in the store. <laughs> I want that. If anyone has that, I want that. Thirteen does this thing in the story that that Death Stranding does, where it drops a bunch of terms on you with zero context. Yes, the fallacy. The lacie, the cia. Yeah, like the lacie. Yeah, it, but eventually, like you get to understand it. You know, it takes a while, but you get there. Yeah, <gasps> I hate it. Imagine that cranked up to 11 and that's Kingdom Hearts. My whole thing, when, when people said, oh, if you like Melga, you'll like Kingdom Hearts. I thought, oh, yeah, it's got a bunch of goofy, silly characters no. in it, but it's actually really intelligently written. And it's a, you know, you'll get a lot <laughs> out of the story. <laughs> so I'm so glad that that was dispelled before I went and played it. Otherwise, I would have been pissed off. <laughs> You would have been waiting for the intelligent moment, and then I just imagined, like... Three games in, where is it? No, 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 no not even. Like, the 15th time he says, you'll never steal Kyrie's heart. <laughs> Probably just like, fuck <laughs> this, man. 
If I had to recommend, God, you know, Kingdom Hearts, it should be, if you like Metal Gear Solid 4, you'll like Kingdom Hearts, because it's like the same style of dialogue. You were the lightning in that rain. <laughs> you were the light in the darkness. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh god. We, uh, at one point at the con, we watched, uh, what Metal Gear Solid 4 video did we watch? Oh, it, um, uh... Metal Gear Solid 4 was a mistake. Uh, yeah, it's a good video. It's a really good video. Uh, Steak Bentley? That is a good video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I got. I definitely got some bones. Can to... we get him on? I, oh, I'd love, love to. to. I, yeah. I, I, definitely, I definitely disagree with him about some points, but I'd say like 60 to 70% of it, I'm fully on board with what he's saying. And it is a really well-produced video. We got... It's, it's worth, worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Yeah, we got drunk, watched that in the hotel room, and that was I was very impressed. Can we get him and Mudahar on the show at the same time and just let him duke it out? Yeah, that could be fun. I really like Mudahar as well. Can we get him on? Dude. I don't know. Let me call him up. Hold on. Yeah. Dude. yeah. Dude. Just, just get him on the horn. Dude, the fucking ending of Kingdom Hearts 3 really is like Metal Gear Solid 4, huh? A little bit. I don't know. I just beat the first one, and then like the like I started playing the second one, and I was just like, I can't do this shit again. <laughs> I can just put it down. If there is any series that I would say, like, if you like Metal Gear, you will like this too, uh, it's probably Yakuza. I've, yeah, I've I heard have, that as well. Dude, I fucking have Yakuza. My, like, a few Yakuza's in my my Steam library. I really need to get to those. Oh, it's so good. They're fun games, yeah. It's got that same sort of, like, detachment from reality, except when it doesn't want to be detached. You know? Yeah, you'll have these tearjerker moments, and then all of a sudden he'll be like wearing a hot dog on his head or something. And it's yeah, just like exactly. Like dude in his underwear, like yeah. gyrating his hips, like yeah, like it's it's <laughs> it's full of so many ridiculous moments, and it'll change tone at the drop of a hat. Yeah. You know what? You know, you just reminded me. I think there's a point, and I still kind of feel this way. But if somebody punches wants to punch me in the face for saying this, I understand. But my like, I like how this is a topic. My like, if you like Metal Gear game, you should play, I think it's actually Undertale. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like the shift in tone, the meta narrative, um, the the plethora, like playing that after playing Metal Gear Solid 5, which had like, like the, the bosses kind of, you know, one of the big one of the big blemishes is the bosses sort of lack personality with like the skull unit and whatnot. And then I got to play Undertale, which, you know, had those all that that like set of bosses, you know, with their own personalities and strategies and whatnot. Um, really enjoyed that. So. It's also sort of peak meta in video games, which I think we've talked about before. I would say for that, like Eternal Darkness would be my choice. Like if you like Metal Gear, check that one out. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a reason they got those guys to make. Exactly. Snakes. Yeah. Yeah, for better or worse. Especially if you want to hear the same cast, too, because, like, fucking, like, half the Metal Gear cast is in that game, too. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Also, uh, Peep Splinter Cell. That's a, that's, a good, <laughs> that's a good one. You remember back in the day when everyone who was a Metal Gear fan was like, Splinter Cell sucks! Yeah. I had a buddy that was pro Splinter Cell and hated Metal Gear, and he was just like, it's, it's unrealistic. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever told you this before. I don't know if it's ever come up, but I, I did I did game design in college for a very, a very small amount of time. 
and uh, I had uh, a tutor there, and he said that that like Metal Gear Solid sucks and Splinter Cell's much better. On my first day, that was one of like the first conversations oh, I had man. with him. And then later, he, he said that he was the one who invented the horse armor DLC for Oblivion. So uh, I think I think God I saw, damn I think it, last, really? last time last time I saw him, he was driving a cab. So <laughs> holy, like, I, don't, I don't think he listens to this. But if he does, fuck you. <laughs> God, Apache, get hold on a second. I need to digest what you just said there. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> Please tell me that's true. No, he was a fucking pathological liar. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> of course, he didn't invent the horse armor. It was one of the best selling DLCs of all time. He would be a multi multi gazillionaire. <laughs> The type of person who would brag about the horse armor would be the type of person that does that type of shit, I think is what Nitro Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, like like I picture an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. With his fucking flaming Guy Fieri flame shirt. And oh my gosh. Shorts. Uh, oh man. That's so but, funny. But like now that we're in a place where neither series is getting games, we're both like, man... I'll take anything at this point. Like, can I just get a stealth game? I just, I just never enjoyed Splinter Cell. Like, I don't think it's a bad game. Like, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a different it, style. It, yeah, it's yeah. just, it just isn't for me. Like, the kind of gameplay just isn't for me. I liked, uh, I can't remember what it was called. I think it was Conviction. That the urban one? Yes. The, the, the funny thing is, I'm not even that big on stealth games. When, when you have to sneak, I would rather just kill everyone. <laughs> do you mean conviction or condemned it's not the one where he goes to prison it's the one where it's like more urban and you're like out in the streets manhunt no i don't remember it was it, it changed up the style this is the problem with splinter cell all of them blended together it was like nothing was yeah oh you're talking about a splinter cell game i'm sorry yeah no it was it was one that really changed up the style and a lot of people hated it but it was like the only one i really liked so I'm not sure what that says. It's funny because I remember the two biggest quarrels in my life and like my late teens was like Solid Snake versus uh, Sam Fisher and the Angry Video Game Nerd versus the Nostalgia Critic. <laughs> I, I just remember all the arguments that I had historically I don't actually care about or I've switched sides. Like so Star Wars and Lord of the Rings was a big one when I was younger and I was like pro Star Wars. Now I couldn't literally could not give a shit about Star Wars and Lord of the Rings still rocks. That's called growing up. <laughs> and you know, like uh there's there's tons of them like that where I just I either don't care about either side anymore or I was on the wrong side the whole time. I was just gonna say I don't know if we're gonna see another Splinter Cell game after this all this Ubisoft news lately. Well they well, yeah, weren't they working on a remake, but then they, they made some big announcement. Uh, about how brands are important. Like I don't know what it, you 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 probably know more about it. Mega ahead. brands are threatening Mega their brands, existence. Jesus. So beyond good, good and evil two is never coming out. Point, <laughs> Jesus. Right? Yeah. What what's yeah. more of a mega brand than Ubisoft? I know that that really is hypocritical shit right there. Dude, I read that statement and all I could think of was that meme of like the the guys in the boardroom where like they're talking to the, like we need to we need to sell more games. What are some ideas? And like you, the first two guys give like the you know bad ideas and the third yeah. guy gives the obvious. Like I'm thinking, stop making shitty games. And of course, you know he gets thrown out the window. <laughs> wow, we've tried we've tried to bleed our players dry at every single turn, and now we're not getting the same kind of sales that we used to. How could how could this have happened? Dude, it's a mystery, man. We're all trying to find the guy who did this. They blamed it on Mario Rabbids too. Like they're like, "Well, that didn't do as good as we hoped." And it was like, "Which is well, funny yeah. because I've heard that was actually a good game." The first one was, but by the time the second one came out, I think 
someone made a point. It was like, you know, that first one came out like when the Switch launched. So like everybody was like, oh, cool. We need a game to play. But like now at this point, it's not enough. There was a point in time where Ubi- seeing Ubisoft written on a game was a mark of quality. And it meant that that was going to be a good a, a good game and you could trust it. And they have burned all of that trust over the the past, I mean, a long time ago at this point. Well, it's because they leaned so hard into monetization. Yeah, like the last Far Cry I played was shit. Did you, which Far Cry? Because I six. actually had a good time with five. I, did, okay, yeah, I didn't play six. Five was okay. Six, by the time six rolled around, I was like, this feels janky. Like that's, and like I played it pretty early. Uh, But still, it just, it, it didn't feel good. And I, I just put it down. I heard so much uh, negativity about six that I just didn't bother, which sucks because I had a great time with five. Yeah, five was pretty tight. I just but like wandering around in Montana. Just all this is, you know, the Assassin's Creed type games where there's just these huge collectathons. There were big maps and just yeah, repetitive yeah. activities. It's like, all right, we're <laughs> done here. Like, if I have to climb one more fucking tower to reveal more of the map, like <laughs> that, that 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 was where they they killed all all of my like. Yeah. want to buy their games i said i'm never buying their games after brotherhood when they started so, templating everything uh, when they when they fired the main writer and said no we want to do we basically they wanted to make the game into a franchise instead of telling the story the original author wanted to tell and so because they wanted to keep releasing games every year with a new time period and all the assassin's creeds that came out of brotherhood were were done after they fired the main writer i don't know how they do it i mean I'm admittedly not really an Assassin's Creed fan, but if I wanted to be one at this point, I don't even know where I'd start. And that's with this latest Assassin's Creed. It was like they turned it into like this like RPG more like to it, like where your gear was, you know, all leveled and the enemies were leveled. And like if you went to an area too soon, they would like really fuck you up. And like the first games kind of did that, but not in this like numbers like you know like where it's just like bullet spongy territory where it's like okay you're just adding hp to this guy and they make my weapons suck like i can't do like the single stab on these guys like okay i'm out like i bought i bought one at midnight and like i was really excited for it and it looked like something completely new and you know i I played through it completed it and i loved it and it had some serious issues that needed fixing like it wasn't perfect and then they made the second one and they fixed all the issues with the first one uh, and then Brotherhood came out and it was amazing. And like, they, then 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 they just I guess jumped the shark or just just went full corporate on it. And I feel like they just they just ruined like what could have been a really good series. Yeah. Do you remember how? Uh, you remember back when Assassin's Creed was such a huge deal that they had a a, a collaboration with MGS4. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And and Peace Walker too. Right. Do you have Altair's costume? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, I'll tell your costume and then. Is that where like did you like it come from? Yeah, yeah. Did you like it? And then in Peace Walker they had the the hay bale, right? You could you could do the the dive into. Yeah, yeah. And uh, not so much now. Yeah, no. Ever since I mean, like the one before this one, like I think Origins, the one that was in uh, Egypt, that was okay. But then this like one where they went to the Greek thing, it just I don't know, it just turned full RPG. I just, I just, I see, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't see the matrix anymore. I just see the lines of code now. And it's just, it's just the, <laughs> it, I just see, I just see the corporate monster. The, yeah. When I look at the cover, all I see is awful corporate monster that I don't, I don't want. I don't care if your game's good. I'm not giving you money. Yeah. For me, it's just like, as soon as I see the open world map and the RPG tree 
and the collectibles to fill out the RPG tree. I am just checked out. And I think that's why I like Fort like 14. I think that's why I like the seven remake so much, because it's like it's not. I mean, folks are kind of upset because it's a bit more linear, but fuck it. Like, it feels like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And I was just about to say, like, we need more linear AAA games because everything is open world now. Yeah. But nobody's doing that. I mean, there's there's basically only two models of AAA games at this point, uh, more or less. And they're going to be like the Ubisoft Assassin's Creed model where it's just unlockathons. And then, you know, like we were talking about before, the the walkie talkies walkie talkies. Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically it. There's not really a whole lot of deviation from that. I guess you could say MMOs, but like they all sort of share in the same excesses of having to, you know, they've got to they've got to keep the the machine going and the machine just eats money. So they have to make a game that's going to that's going to earn as much as it eats. And it's just this sort of, you know, it's a, it's a cycle. It is. It's just it's just a, I mean, how many MMOs have we seen like come and go and just like they're just yeah. millions and millions of dollars into them. And then they're just like they're gone within a couple of months. Yeah. Like, the, you know, the Dune MMO, is it ever going to come out? If it comes out, are people going to play it? Like, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, if I if I had to guess, I would say that MMO is just going to die on release. Well, because everyone's chasing this idea of, you know, passive income where you put in little effort and you get a lot in return. and. For some games that are, you know, genuinely good, that, you know, it, it works. But you can't you can't really design a game with that idea in mind and expect it to resonate. You know, you've got to try and make a good game first uh, and then focus on the money second. That's a uh, I don't know if you guys if you checked out that one chat with uh, Gene Park and Neil Druckmann, but they were kind of talking about, you know, when you're making a game how do you kind of divide it up between like trying to be profitable and like telling the story that you really want to tell, you know, and it's like that balance of it. And what Neil Druckmann said was he was like, I try to make it profitable enough so that we can at least do it again, you know, and like at least, you know, make, make our money back and then try to do it again with what we learned from the last one. So, you know, regarding the last of us, like whatever you think about it, I, I thought that was kind of a cool, you know, approach. It's like, you know, let's, let's try to find that balance of like, yeah, sure. Like they upset the audience with what they did with last of us too. And it was pretty divisive, but it still made its money again to where they can like move on and do more things with it if they want to. Um, I mean, I'll give him this. He didn't try to make a game that nickel and dimed everybody. Yeah. So I suppose that's the the lesser of two evils here. But Wow, I, I I sure do love the games industry when we say, Oh well, at least I get a pass because they didn't try to rob everyone who plays. <laughs> yeah. Well that's <laughs> I, kind I, I of sure do love gaming. <laughs> steering it back to what we were saying before of like, you know, how can you tell if something's genuinely good when our standards are so low? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. And uh, like like did y'all see the the new avatar? Yes, and I, I really liked it. I saw it as soon as it came out, right? I, and I really yeah. enjoyed it. I couldn't tell you the first thing about it. Like, I don't even know what the <laughs> characters are called, but it yeah. looks fucking great. It looks yeah. So I had good. a good time. It was and, all right. Like, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It's probably a, it's probably a bit long. Like uh, it's like three and a half hours, man. That's Lord of the Rings territory. Yeah, it's, it's it's a little bit long, but holy crap, does it look good? And and I need to ask for everyone who's seen it. You know when you know when your computer and you're playing a game, right? And the FPS drops, and you can tell. Did anyone else get that with that film? Uh, where you could, 
where you could see where the frame rate changed. I saw it in 3D, so no, because I was too distracted. Oh, I saw it in 2D. I, I haven't even seen it in 3D, but it looked fucking great in 2D. Like, really, really good. It was pretty good in 3D. That's kind of the read that I've I've seen from most people. It's like, yeah, visually cool, like, story-wise, the characters, like, it's fine. Like, uh, no one remembers was, anything. I, this isn't going to, yeah. like, shift the culture at all. Like, it's just, it's kind of a by-the-numbers thing. I mean, name name three characters. Most most profitable movie of all time, name, name three. Jake Sully. He has one. Spider. Two. Niteri. Okay, got you it. did it. Got three. Got three. You got three. Go. You got three. I, would, I was going to say the first movie, four. though. Can you do the first movie? Fuck no. Uh, <laughs> what's the bad guy called? See, because you're just you're trying to use characters that were in the second movie. Yeah, yeah. As well, yeah. So but, it's kind of. But... I don't know. Did you guys see Jeremy Blaustein's tweet about it? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. he hates it. He really hates it. He said Avatar 2 was a dark, cynical, soul-sucking, money-grabbing, time-wasting, narcissistic, message-free piece of shit trying to disguise itself as a thing of joy and beauty. I hated it beyond words. <laughs> he said, let me add that it was also <laughs> nauseatingly violent, mind-numbingly uncreative, and relentlessly interesting with characters that were as thin as a, well, I can't think of anything as thin as they were. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. I'm not I'm saying right now, it isn't the deepest film I've ever seen. It wasn't a great thinker. I didn't feel <laughs> like my life was enriched for it. It was like going to the aquarium, but occasionally the aquarium explodes. <laughs> Jeremy Blaustein <laughs> saw Avatar 2. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's incredible! <laughs> he went off. I, I was gonna say, like, it, it that's quite the dichotomy between Kojima saying, "Watch, saw so and so," and Blastian just like going scorched earth on a motherfucker. <laughs> we know when he doesn't like it. If I had one dream uh, for Kojima-related things, it would be that I I, I just want to hear his full opinion on something that he absolutely hates. Yeah. Yeah, because he won't, he won't, he won't criticize art. He'll just you know, start talking about other shit. They'll be like, yeah. I don't know, but this other thing I was having the other day was pretty good. Like, yeah, he, <laughs> this bagel, he will do though. it. Like, he's he's talked about this, though. He doesn't want to do it because he respects other creators too much. Yeah. Like, even if it sucks, you put work into it, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to dishonor that. Which which I which I respect. Yeah, I mean, yeah I, I, the opposite of Doug Walker, but, who <laughs> is totally open to people making fun of him because all he does for his career is make fun of other people's media. But God, I just want to hear Kojima go off once. Like him complaining about journalists is the closest we're gonna get. I'll I'll, I'll say uh, I saw the first Avatar as soon as it came out as well, and um, I remember having this feeling of like it being the next step in in, in filmmaking. Like all all new techniques were on display, cutting edge technology was being used for everything, and I would say I got a similar feeling with the second one too. I mean, it clearly was using the latest tech and stuff. Very new, yeah, very new technology to 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 film everything and create everything, and that's probably why it cost like a billion dollars. <laughs> would make. you say it was like an evolution though, like like how we get like between a game console, or was it just kind of like ah, it's a little, it's looking a little bit better, like. No, I, I I do think I do think it was it, it it was a, a, like an evolution. Like okay. when I when I saw the original, it was the same feeling. It was like it it didn't feel like it was just a cash in either. Like you know, it. No, he cares. I mean, he genuinely cares about what he's making. I mean, the dude like has like what an eight hour cut of this movie. Like the second one, he's just like three more in the bag, ready to go or something. Yeah, 
Uh, it doesn't surprise me at all, but yeah, I, I, I think it's worth going to watch, especially if you like going to the cinema and you like you like having a, a you know, the 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 night out with it, and you like like taking your kids or whatever to go see a film. Like, I I, I do think it's worth watching. I had a good time. I do think 3D would be the way to go, like on that too, just to see like where the benchmark is right now. It's funny, like I was asking that because uh, on the latest episode of Brain Structure, this, this is your, your brain, brain structure, structure recap. recap. Uh, Nicholas Reffin was on and he was kind of saying like you know like video games are expanding into new territory and like while movies are kind of like staying stagnant and uh, you know so that's what I was kind of seeing you know seeing your opinion on that like if if this movie with the most recent thing coming out it's like okay this is a step up from everything I've seen before you know visually yeah it's probably harder to get funding for new movies too you know for games there there's a little bit more liquidity I guess you could say uh but with movies you know streaming services are sort of eating up everything mm-hmm. so it's harder to get something risky i mean video games can charge you in multiple ways as well like a film yeah. can only you you just buy the film right you, and yeah. you buy you maybe you buy oh we, when i went i was hoping that they would have like the avatar themed popcorn and drink and stuff but they didn't they didn't have that i was so annoyed i was like damn i wish i was in a, an american right now <laughs> when <laughs> Curiosity, I want to hear from each of you. When was the last time you rewatched a movie or TV show? Oh, like recently. Like I watch Star Trek all the time. Okay, when is there anything contemporary that you rewatch? Um, the I would fuck. I mean, like I would watch I'd really need to watch rewatch no. Um, but I mean, sometimes I'll watch a movie in theaters and then rewatch it when I get home and like do it with subtitles. You know, and just like fully absorb it. You know, does does reading the TV tropes page count as rewatching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think I have re. I don't think I do rewatch any anything contemporary. Yeah, I used to. The only things I watch though is yeah, you've got a point. Like the things when I do throw on stuff, it's like old comfort shit. Like you know, we always exactly. just, like, throw on the Simpsons before we go to bed or something. You know, just old seasons of that. You know, so, pre-season seven. You know, the good shit. I, I mean, so I, here's my question. I think modern Simpsons is watchable. Like, I, I can watch any episode of the Simpsons pretty much. But it's more about rewatching. Is there is there enough to bring people back? You know, and and uh, just speaking personally, uh, I'll, I'll do the same thing. Where I'll got, I've got these older sort of comfort shows and movies that I'll watch. But modern things, I'll watch it once and I will never come back to it. And I have no interest in coming back to it. Like, I've got it. I'm done. And I'm not sure if that's a a statement on the quality of what's being made or I'm just getting older. And I'm I'm more picky about my free time. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B, really. Yeah, (laughs) that's like where I was with, with the crisis core. You know, I was like. Man, there's only so many more hours left. Like, you know, I don't really want to do this again. Like, I don't know. It looks great. Good job, guys. In, in saying that, though, I think I would rewatch Avatar too. Like, I think I want to go see it in 3D now as well. Um, yeah, I might rewatch it too. That's kind of weird. And also, like, it's. I, I know people say this, and it does sound kind of pretentious, but I really do think it's something you should see in the cinema and not on a like your home screen. Is- Avatar, again, it's so weird. I know, like, the joke is, like, it's making billions of dollars, but it has zero cultural impact. But, like, I, I look at this and I'm thinking about it and I'm like, yeah, I would I would watch it again. And it makes me wonder, like, is he, like, what is he lacing his movies with to make them addicting like this? <laughs> I just I just think, like, you know, you can watch a film for, for many different reasons. And 
this is just a fancy aquarium of films, but it's very, yeah. very fancy. It's very I mean, fancy. I would go back to the aquarium too. In fact, it I have. Goes, I like... Yeah. For me, it goes back to that like Plinkett review of Titanic, where they they just say, you know, James Cameron takes sort of the most, uh, what's the word I'm like I should think of, the most determined of tropes, if you will, and sticks them with these very emotionally volatile stories. So you're like. Even though you don't know anybody's character name, like, you know, you, you know the archetype they are and you just get invested in, in making sure that, oh, holy shit, Kojima retweeted something about Titanic, like, right when I said that. That's so freaky. Creepy. He's watching um, us. He's watching the show. Which one of yours, Kojima? Just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's Kaiden. But, but uh, like like I said, like, it, it he, he adheres to these sort of very familiar, very universal tropes that are still very like that that hit us in our our brain spots. Um, so even though we don't know the names of like any of the blue people, we at least like relate or kind of get emotional about yeah those tropes and those archetypes. The, the message of the of the story is like it's incredibly vapid. It's got like yeah. a, like a makes you think <laughs> kind of yeah. It's like oh, aren't we harming the environment? Isn't that bad? Oh, and you know, to some extent, that's the same way with Titanic. Like it's like oh, it's it's the love story of a century. She's she's running away from a terrible marriage, which she should have but and yet despite being so transparently vapid it feels more substantive than just about anything else that's coming out these days because yeah, of these I, because it, of these it, tropes because nobody else is using them it really doesn't push it shows you this issue but it really doesn't push it because at the end of the day you're in the cinema watching avatar you can't do shit about any of this and like i don't I, yeah i threw away my 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 non-recyclable Popcorn bin, like, and if, if you really cared glasses. about the, if you really yeah. cared about the environment, wouldn't you have like done a lot less environmental damage by not making this movie? I mean, come on now. <laughs> I mean, the joke is that he's only making these movies to bankroll his deep sea exploration hobby. But like, Bro. Um, do you remember when when the first one? May as well. Fuck it. I mean, yeah, I get it. Like, that's pretty. I I I get it. I get it. Um, do you remember when the first movie came out? Uh, there was it just sort of ties into what you were saying about these tropes and sort of how fundamental they are. When the first movie came out, there were all these reports about what they called post Avatar depression syndrome. Do you remember this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I do yeah. People saying they were upset because they couldn't live in the in the uh, on the planet. I yeah. should know the name of the fucking Navi? planet. That's the name. That's what the people are. The, oh, the Navi Navi people. people. It's Pandora, and the only Pandora. reason I remember that is because of the music streaming service. <laughs> But like, but you would think that something that had a term like that uh, come out of it would have more of a cultural impact. But like, as almost as soon as it arrived, it was gone, and nobody cared. Yeah, it's weird to see like a sci-fi show that like normally when I watch sci-fi, I want to get like super into it, like super geeky about it. Like you know, I, I can say hello and goodbye in all the languages from star trek like i know <laughs> all the stupid names for like different things in in star trek like i, I care about it a lot and it's because the, these worlds draw me in but avatar just doesn't do that like uh, it's more of just a fire and forget for considering this guy goes see so deep in the ocean like his his movies just ain't <laughs> It seems like a fireworks show. Like if like like you enjoy watching it, but if someone's like, "Well, what happened?" You're like, 
I don't know, man. Uh, fireworks. Uh, they explode. They exploded, and everyone <laughs> <Yeah>. cheered. <laughs> I think one of them was like Mickey Mouse. I don't know. I, I, I actually think the more you try and think about the plot of the film, the more you think about the different story beats, the, the worse the film actually gets. So just don't think about it. Just don't think about it. It's okay. This is just like a one-off. It's not like this is how you engage with all media. Yeah. It, it, just, it looks damn good. Oh, it does. Yeah. What we'll say about the Titanic is I've watched that film so many times, right? And every fucking single time it hits the iceberg, you, I'm like, move out the way, the iceberg. Yeah, coming. you'd never, you always think it's going to change. You always <laughs> think that, you know, they're going to make it this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, I forget that it's, you know, when you're watching Titanic, I forget that it's like a disaster film. Like, it sucks you in, man. You forget that that iceberg's coming. <laughs> but yeah, Avatar 2, it's, it's all right. Go see it. I watched a movie recently called uh, Banshees of Inishira, and I actually heard Rocco, our, our former guest, uh, he was talking about it. It's, this movie, it's on HBO now, but uh, it's just about these two guys that live on a small Irish island, and like all this bad shit happens just because one of them's like, I don't want to go to the pub with you today. I don't think I like you anymore. <laughs> it's like, the other night, two hours you spent talking to me about the things you found in your little donkey shite that day. Well, it wasn't me little donkey shite. It was me pony shite, which shows how much you were listening. <laughs> I don't know if this is even underappreciated, but I was like never a huge Mega 64 fan growing up. Like I, 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 I didn't really engage with that. It was like around. It was something that other people did, right? But I wasn't really that into it. Mm-hmm. So I go back and I rewatched a, a lot of it recently. Rocco is a fucking fantastic actor. He's so and, good, dude. <laughs> and, and he's also like so good at being at acting. Like in a um, Sasha Baron Cohen kind of way, you know, like when he's playing Borat. Yeah, where you never know if he's on character, like or if he's doing yeah, a bit exactly, or not. You're like, yeah. wait a minute, like is this a bit? He just, no matter how embarrassing he it gets, he just never drops character. Yeah. I was so so impressed with him. Uh, shouts out. So yeah, if yeah you know, if he's if he's in something, I'll I'll watch it. I think he's really good. I don't know if he's underappreciated. I don't know if other people have recognized this about him, but holy shit, he's good. They were actually in a uh, movie that's I think on Netflix now. Like Todd and Aaron, like were actually in a movie where they were featured as the characters Todd and Aaron. Like, <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. They they do the the, the game awards. Yeah, but that's that's like in a movie. They're like the and not the main antagonist, but they're like part of a thing that makes this girl like she's like getting cyber bullied by them, and they're like, "Oh, your shit sucks!" <laughs> like, and so she like quits. I I don't know the full movie. I didn't watch it, but I got to bring this up. Uh, the 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 most recent Todd and Aaron, which is by the way, like I look forward to that all year, every year. It's like the highlight of the year for me. Yeah. Um. Not to not to spoil it, so skip ahead if you haven't watched it yet. I know it's it's been it's been a bit, but uh, at the end of the most recent one, they do a skit generated by an AI. Oh yeah, and when <laughs> Garrett, I know you're listening to this. I gotta <laughs> ask you <laughs> because when you were on last, uh, we were having a conversation about AI, and I was like, "Hey, you want to see something funny?" and I made it generate, I, I made like the, the chat GPT thing that's been going around. I made it generate a, a, a Mega 64 sketch and it was almost like an anti-sketch because it just sort of, it, it's just really stupid and it's got that same sort of flat tone, you know? But their shit started the exact way. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> did. So and yeah. and I gotta know, like, 
Did that come from our conversation or did we just accidentally hit on your punchline? Because if we did, you did such a good job of not letting on. <laughs> yeah, he, he did. Like, yeah, he, he, he did not flinch at all. Like, no, nope. we were talking about literally what they what they had done before it was released. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to know. So funny. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, oh, my God, did that come from our conversation or did we just guess? Or is Open GPT just that fucking good? Yeah, no, either, That's either scary. way, like either way, whatever way it happened, it's still fucking awesome. Oh, it, it is, is yeah. so so cool. And Chat GPT is is terrifying, uh, for a lot of reasons, but probably not the ones you think. But we can talk about that later. Oh man, uh, on the subject of of media. And not being sure if it's good or not. Uh, I haven't watched this, but did any of you watch the uh, the Last of Us show? It's not out yet. It's not it's out on, yet. Yeah, it's on the fifteenth. That shows I mean, how much like, I pay attention. Media has had you know access to it, but the people haven't yet. God, with as much as I see about it, first three re- episodes were reviewed, and it's been getting pretty good reviews so far. I don't trust the like access media anymore on their reviews of stuff. Because they, you know, they they say Discovery and Picard are great, and then they say that like the Orville shit, yeah. and then I told yeah. I just disagree completely. With, I'm like the, I feel like the opposite of however they're of you stuff. That's yeah, I like mean, you know, I like I like our guy Gene Park, and like normally he's got a pretty good sense of stuff, but like I don't know, he also liked the Halo show, so I don't um, know. I'm kind of with Apache here. Like if somebody says they like Star Trek Picard, that pretty much tells me they have no taste. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think... Maybe I, think I took it a bit com- further than you. <laughs> I, I think it's a conflict of interest. I just think all these people that get to see shows early, it's a conflict of interest because if they don't review it well, they don't get to see it early next time. And then they don't get to write their review quick enough and it doesn't get into the algorithm and no one clicks on their page for stuff. I just think the whole industry can get to fuck. And so, I, I like even if it's reviewing well, that doesn't that almost it's almost like it doesn't mean anything because you don't know if those reviews are, are genuine or if they yeah. just don't want to lose their fucking access. And too, even with like independent like YouTubers, there's some people that are just like they're on like a certain lane already where they're like, well, shit, if I say that I like this one, everybody will like go against me now, so I gotta just be like, oh, this shit sucks, like you know, and just like there's just like this like grifter channels that like are just always picking on shit, and it's like, are you ever pleased with anything? I've got a friend of mine, he runs a Game of Thrones podcast, and he's ran it for a long time, and uh, um, he was telling me, like, it's sometimes difficult to when you feel something different that the entire fan base feels, right, and people listening to your show, that you're almost afraid to say how you actually feel, because you could lose a a portion of your listeners just for having a different opinion of of them, and it's like, you know, obviously he navigates that better than than just shilling, but... I can I can understand like the the situation that they're in is very awkward a lot of the time, and so that just makes me not engage with the reviews. Yeah, especially when they're, you're like you said, it's like they're they're getting the codes from the company. It's like okay, if if I shit on this, are they going to give me another code, and is that going to make me, you know, not able to write another article, which then cuts me a paycheck? So I better like be a little nice on this one. You know, it's just uh, yeah, it just all seems inauthentic. Yeah, it just seems very. It just feels like the, the 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 media has way too much control over their reviews. I mean, I don't like that early access shit at all. I really don't. 
I also hate when they when they like leak one little scene and like pick like when some of the Star Wars stuff was coming out this year in the past couple of years like with Kenobi or whatever and they're like look at this one guy doing a spin around before he shoots holy shit and like everybody made like a whole Twitter day about it I was just like y'all are so fucking annoying like I don't know <laughs> like shut up like that's like when you're watching this. 20 to 40 minute show or whatever it's like cool that's two seconds of it bro get get over it like i don't know even uh even the red letter media guys and they're like oh this when this battle starts the camera shakes really bad i was like that's what happens when battles happen they shake the camera (laughs) like shut up (laughs) i don't know I, i get tired of like the constant negativity with it but some of it's warranted for sure but i don't know i uh i really like chernobyl so I'm willing to give a chance to see how the Chernobyl folks interpret Last of Us. Yeah, I'm going to go into it kind of blind and just that's like I try to at least give everything a shot and just go like, all right, well, let's see what's up. And then at the same time, these are also the same guys who are like, you know, video games are just, you know, some toy. But The Last of Us, you know, really, it's finally a video game is telling a, a, a real story. I mean, I need to look into the article, but. I, yeah, that the, sounds like some shit that like they extrapolated to make a headline like probably like, oh, video games sure have come a long way since punk <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is how like every video game article starts when it's from an outlet that doesn't talk about video games i you know i don't even think i'll watch that last of a show like it, it, it's got nothing that uh, that appeals to me honestly but i know a lot of people out there do really like the games and they'll be excited for that show. I hope it's good. I, gen- I, 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 I have no opinion opinion on whether it's going to be good or bad. I'm just saying that like the strong reviews out the gate doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. But I hope it's good. I do hope it's good for anyone who, who wants to watch and enjoy that. I think if someone sets themselves up with like going in and be like, all right, they better stick right to the game story. Like you're gonna have a bad time. Like don't go into something like this and being like, well, they better tell the story one for one because just like let them. Let them sit in this universe and do what the fuck they want to do. And like, I was about to be like, you know, we'll get to see if Craig Matson's like, just like if Chernobyl was just like kind of a, a lightning in a bottle, or if, if he actually has his writing chops. And then I look and I forgot, like he did shit like fucking scary movie and Hangover before <laughs> actually do. Like this was his first like serious thing. So yeah, yeah. Uh, there's no other metric I can go by for that. So so I found the quote. It was uh, from an Empire interview with the uh, showrunner, and he said, uh, it's an open and shut case. This is the greatest story that has ever been told in video games. They didn't shoot anything out of their eyeballs. They were just people. And that in and of itself is remarkably rare in games. The fact that they kept it so grounded and really made you feel. I never had experienced anything like it, and I've been playing video games since 1977. What? I think he meant I've been I played video games in 1997. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In 1977, I I played a video game when he, they he came played, out. He played he the X Men like arcade three, game, and that was it. Once a decade, they were all Madden. Man, shocked to hear that every uh, game found, doesn't have Cyclops in it. So yeah, not clickbait. Just a dumb take. <laughs> it's a dumb take but it was different it was a little bit different than what what was originally what we thought yeah but it's still bullshit yeah it's not straight up like fuck video games <laughs> it kind of is <laughs> i really like pedro pascal i think he's a good actor he is i couldn't 
care less for the story of The Last of Us. I mean, it's kind of funny to me that it gets like, uh, you know, if you like it, great. Uh, this is just my opinion. But I, I've always found it kind of funny that you could take uh, a story that would be like a six out of ten on like AMC and put it in a video game. I was just about to say, it's like an AMC show. Like, Yeah, and it's yeah. like, it's 10 out of 10 when it's a video game. One of the reviewers said it was a finer Walking Dead, and I was like, that's a really kind of low bar, don't you think? I would rather watch The Walking Dead than play The Last of Us. I'd stop watching uh... The Walking Dead because they just kept, like, rebooting the show inside the show. Like, they would just... It just felt like the same thing happened over and over again in The Walking Dead. It was like Dragon Ball Z, but zombies. I was like, here's an even more powerful guy. <laughs> yes. Fuck, how are they going to get out it of was, this one? It was Dragon Ball Z, but zombies. So true. <laughs> so true. God. You're not going to believe how fucked up this guy is. We've talked very little about Hideo Kojima <laughs> on this Hideo Kojima podcast today. That's because he hasn't been doing shit except for taking pictures and scanning people in and getting his new fancy studio. Yeah, he made a new studio, <laughs> and it looks very nice and very expensive. It looks terrifyingly expensive. Like, wow. I would be afraid to work there. You know, like, I would worry about breaking something constantly. And, uh, ugh. Like, it would just, it just, it looks, gr it looks really, really impressive, but at the same time, like, I would never get any work done because it would be so distracting. Yeah. And then you got the hallways that look like a damn movie theater. It's oh, yeah. Like... <laughs> there, there's there's like a non-zero chance they're playing that Nicole Kidman AMC video in the waiting room. <laughs> like, dude, I like getting a cup of coffee there looks like it's going to be an event. Like, holy crap, man. Who is bankrolling Kojima Productions? All that Spotify money. <laughs> like he said, spaceship, man. Like, yeah, I would, I mean, I would love to go there and, and look around. I just, I wouldn't touch anything. Like, I'm sure the, the, the toilets are gilded. Maybe people are just really tired of that, like, super bright white light, like, walking around. Like, like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> I get the idea, boss, but can you turn it down a little? Yeah. It's like, fine, dark. Even when, like, my TV screen, like, fades to white, I'm like, ah! <laughs> so, like, walking into that every day, she's like, oh, instant migraine. <laughs> It looks like some of the houses I've seen in Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, this new one. Yeah. That's a compliment. The big pictures on the side of the wall. I wonder if you could remake it. Gosh. I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, it's really cool. I mean, it's just um I don't know. You think it'll it'll actually help him make games better? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. He did a he had an interesting comment on another episode of Brain Structure. It's, it was one of the video episode ones, which I think that's God, that's such a better format. Yeah, they, they need just to have do the that. subtitles on the bottom and just let them fucking talk and just, you know, yes. doesn't get interrupted. But uh, it was him and Jeff and they entered or, you know, they were touring around the Spotify studio and they're, you know, just checking it out and just kind of touring it around. And um. You know, he was kind of saying, like, you know, that they had created, like, a good work environment, you know, just having everybody in the same room and under the same under the same roof, you know, just kind of gets everybody thinking on the same wavelength and maybe the same frequency, if you will. But uh, <laughs> just, it's, like, the best thing for creatives, you know, like, the doing remote work, you know. And I think maybe going into this this new studio, maybe he really wanted to, like, create an environment that people, like, wanted to hang out and, and interact together. Yeah, because, I mean, they have, like, a movie nights and everything now, don't they? Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, I think, I mean, I feel like co-working spaces, I think trying to revolutionize the co-working space is something that a lot of offices are trying to do, even non-creative businesses. So yeah, get people back in. Yeah. Pro tip, if you want me to go to the office, pay me more money. There you go. Well, it's not just, I mean, I'm not just saying it about like, you know, like actually pushing people back into the office, but what facilitates people, you know, doing their best work once they are back in the office? What, what is it about these particular scenes, these moments, these, these aesthetics that gets what Kojima wants out of his staff? Yeah. It's, I mean, obviously this is his company and he's got a philosophy that he wants to follow. And he wants to hire people who work within that framework. Uh, but I could never work there. <laughs> I, I, I worry because I look at that open space where they've got all of the, the actual employee desks and, you know, they sort of have these glass dividers where everybody, you know, it's very open. It's very everybody's close together. And that would drive me crazy because I work better when I have privacy. Yeah, they're like anti-cubicle there. It's yeah. like completely open. Um, they're like glass screens for everybody. But what's interesting is like right around the same time that they showed the studio off, they changed their hiring uh, criteria uh, and they sort of lowered the, the, the barrier to entry a bit. So now if you want to work there, they're, they're openly saying like you don't need to know Japanese uh, you can work remotely. You know, we prefer you to know Japanese. We prefer you to come into the office, but it's not required. Um, you don't have to have worked in the gaming industry. You can be straight out of school or have not worked on a game or whatever. Just like show us what you can do. You know, show us your portfolio, your accomplishments. Let's go from there. Like they're not looking for credentials. And they, they I think they even said at one point, I, I, I have to double check this, make sure I'm right. But uh, I remember reading that they would even help you uh, with language learning if you did not speak Japanese, which I thought was kind of wild. That's so, uh, that's what fucking companies should do. Bring back fucking career development. Yeah. Teach yeah. Develop your fucking workers. Good for Kojima. I know. I, I liked that a lot. And I was like, damn, I kind of want to throw my hat in, you know, <laughs> like, you like uh, I've, I can spruce up my resume, man. Uh, if you if you get picked as one of the applicants that they want to interview they invite you to visit the studio. I mean, obviously you've got to go to Japan to get there, but you can go in and, and, and look around and like, am I going to be that guy who applies for a job just to get his foot in the door and look around? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to be that guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally going to do that. <laughs> no, you should apply. As well. I, I would have to spruce up my resume a bit. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that like, oh, wow, I actually could could shoot my shot here where I couldn't before, because previously they required like, you know, like an N2 JLPT, you know, which, you know, Japanese proficiency level, it's it's pretty high. Uh, you've got to be fluent uh, or at least you did have to be. And uh, now it's it's just like they're like, hey, we're we're looking for people. They had a whole big hiring event, and I'm pretty sure it's ended now. But you know, if this is the way they're going to be doing things, then you know, just just wait. You know, they'll probably do it again. But if I get hired, I'll have to leave the show. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just I was literally just about to say that. There's no way you can continue doing this. Conflict of interest, probably. <laughs> I mean, that gets you to where you want to be, man. Fuck it. I'll I'll take that. I'll take that L. <laughs> Self destruct the show. Be like, hey. 
how about another podcast for the company? <laughs> I know an audio guy that doesn't suck. <laughs> you know, I I know I know three people that I'd like to bring in for this show. I think it could be really good. <laughs> Do you want to talk about this thing, Nitroid? Uh, it's a new year, so we got a new remake rumor. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I guess we better, because that's kind of our thing. <laughs> I had totally forgotten about that, and I think my mind had blocked it out. Yeah, we all kind of are just like swatting them away now. It's like, get out of here, you stupid rumor. I did notice that every time, you know, it used to be like every time a, a new rumor would drop, uh, people would, you know, sort of latch onto it. And a lot of gaming outlets and, and fans would would parrot it. And now I see less parroting and more sort of lampooning, which is which is nice. It still sucks, though. We need to go one more stage. We need to go full ignore, because even if we're, quote, yeah. retweeting it and going, oh, this is bullshit, you're still helping them. Yeah. <laughs> still helping the reach. Still helping the algorithm. God damn it. Yeah. And it kills me. It kills me when you see these rumor threads. And then, like, I get, like, yeah, like, you know, don't don't acknowledge the shit. But I hate it when I hate it when people, like, take it at face value and they, like, argue about it, like. Metal Gear Solid remake, like Metal Gear Solid Run remake, and then somebody jumps in, oh, they should make Metal Gear 1 first, and then somebody jumps in, and it's like, oh, well, fuck you, they should da-da-da. And then yeah. the fighting gives the original poster more engagement, so it just... Oh, yeah. It's a goddamn disaster. Just to be, uh, you know, clear about what it was, but there was a, a Famitsu issue where they were asking questions to, to Japanese developers, and uh, I, I think it was like... You know, they were they were asking him about like what they thought the year was going to bring. And uh, and and Noriaki Okimura, um, who has, uh, you know, worked as producer on a number of 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 Kojima projects. He's actually got a pretty broad career, but but he said uh, that the keyword for the year was long awaited. And uh, he said um, that 2023 will be a year of many announcements. Stay tuned now everybody immediately started reporting that you know as him blatantly saying metal gear was coming out now is it possible that he's alluding to metal gear yeah yeah okay it's possible sure but don't report that you don't know that's like when the irish singer was like yeah, exactly the, the, the irish song and everybody's like oh that means metal gear because the best is yet to come and it was like oh so we could end but yeah good they, shot like <laughs> they they looked his name up on google saw metal gear jumped to conclusions despite the fact that he has an enormous career and has worked on just a, a, a ridiculous number of games it's just, I mean, I mean, he's essentially, you know, everybody, like, I'll give you a good example. Everybody essentially credits uh, Zone of the Enders to Kojima, but really uh, it's it's more directly from uh, Noriaki Okimura. So it's just, I mean, it's it kind of comes off as as kind of, you know, you're belittling his career a bit because you've latched onto this one thing and assume that's it. Yeah. Like that's that's his whole career. And no, you you, you haven't. You, you, Metal Gear is like a, a piece of it. Like, come on, people. So it, it's just it was annoying on, on, you know, on a couple of levels. I've actually met uh, Okamura, interestingly enough, um, and he was a really nice guy. I was um, it was uh, E3 many years back uh, before Portable Ops came out. And uh, they had a, a demo 
running. It was like a beta of the game running on some PSP dev kits. Uh, and I got to, to sit in with him and, and, and play uh, a couple rounds with him. That was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, he's yeah. a nice guy. Rumors are going to rumor. Fuck them rumors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't believe rumors. But I haven't said that enough. Also, we need to stop doing that thing where we retweet the person's tweet like after the announcement doesn't happen and be like, well, what happened, guys? Because <laughs> that's also that's, as, as enjoyable as that is. it's so much fun. I know. No, you're right. You're right. It's very. We should we should be mature. And that one guy, oh, you autograph? Oh, yeah. Or, like, it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> It'll happen yeah, eventually. I'm not even but... going to say his name. I'm going to have to get yeah. that, that picture autographed and put it on your desk. Oh, geez, yeah. Yeah. That was really funny, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think, like, he was just being a good sport, or was he actually trying to Probably. sort of suggest that? No, I think, I think he was being a good sport. I think he was yeah. having a laugh. I think he was just having fun with it. Okay, well that's that was pretty cool. Yeah, I respect him a lot more. I don't like some of the. I, I've disagreed with him, I'll say, but that was that was pretty funny. Happy New Year! Yeah, bitch. Happy New Year, everybody. We're we're back to complain and. Yeah, Happy New Year. Yeah. Nah, this one's been fun. This one's been hella fun. <laughs>